name is Michael Tuck, and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. My husband and I were daydreaming about what we would do if we won the lottery. I started. I'd hire a cook so that I could just say, hey, make me a sandwich. Thomas, the husband, shook his head. Not me. I already have one of those. So, I know, right? I sent it to Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, that's good, but ooh. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll still try. So today we're going to be talking about submission in the home, but not, not specifically in that way, okay? So we're going to continue in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to look at what Peter asked us to do to honor one another. And this time we're going to focus on husbands and wives. We're also going to talk about believers and how believers love people that are not believers and what to do with that as well. And it all comes down to going back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, where it says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. And that is relevant at any time, but especially even now, where the church is being looked at differently than than it has in a long, long time. People are looking into our lives and they're saying, you know, I, I could call these people evil, evildoers, but are they really that? Do their actions speak differently than their words in a good way or in a bad way? Um, <clears throat> so we're going to cover that today. Um, we are going to start with the wives, okay? But just you wait, husbands. We're going to get to you next after that. Um, and then uh, we're going to cover the believers, how to honor one another, and then uh, the enemies. So, so far in the previous chapter, we covered that we should submit to governing authorities as long as it does not contradict the word of God. We also looked at how we should submit to our masters, and in this day and age, we sort of think of masters as bosses and how we should submit and please them. And both of these are very important to remember as we move forward in the text today because the verses start out with words like, likewise, or in the same way. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into the text, and then we'll break it down. First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In the same way, starting out with there, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live. When they observe your pure and reverent lives, Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles or wearing gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, you have become her child when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing, since you were called for this, 
so that you may inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his, his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. All right, so that's 12 verses. It's a lot to break down. So we're going to start with the first six verses. Um, and also, as we're going through this, keep in mind about uh, 1 Peter 2.12. How do we live honorably toward one another? And at the beginning of this passage, Peter addresses this from the perspective of marriage. Being married is one of the greatest blessings and one of the hardest learning curves as well. Husbands, your wife should be the greatest blessing to you. And wives, you should be the greatest blessings to your husband. Peter starts this chapter off by addressing a couple of things that wives can do to please and honor their husbands. And he, so he points out, um, wives live honorably towards their husbands when they, number one, start with number one, submit to their husbands. When they submit to their husbands. And this is a side note, not to all men, submit to their husbands. Okay? Keep that in mind. Peter here is giving a command that wives should submit themselves to their husbands as the head of the family. And why is this so important in Peter's mind? I believe that many people reading this letter were probably married to someone who did not follow Jesus. And so imagine you're getting married, in, or you're already married, and you hear about Jesus Christ, and you believe in him. And the first thing you want to do is go home and tell your husband, like, I heard about Jesus Christ, and I want you to tell you about them. And hopefully... Uh, uh, they listen and you, they receive the word. But Peter is encouraging wives to let their actions speak louder than the words. Unbelievers are looking for us to trip up all the time. If we are going to claim something is true, they want proof that, it, that is true in our lives, not just with our words. Our fruits, the actions of our lives, they speak louder than empty words. But even when we have the word of God, it takes that transformation in our actions to win someone over to hearing the words of truth. And that's why it's so important. Why is for your actions to speak louder than your words? Another thing about uh, submission to your husbands is to be patient with them about the, the timing of his authority. Your husband's don't th uh, think like you do, and they, um, and they don't make decisions as fast as you do. Trust me, I, I, I know. My wife has told that many times. Um, give them time to make the right decision. It doesn't serve you or him or the example of the body of Christ to jump in and try to fix it or try to fix him. When you think he is he's doing the wrong thing or making the wrong decision, Jumping in and trying to fix the problem actually can make it worse. You are there to support him with your prayers, your service, and your godly submission. Now, I'm not saying that men should rule over with the iron fist, like, you do what I say. No, I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying that we need to stay within the bounds of how God designed us to function in marriage. Husbands are accountable to God for you. And they are there to protect you. Don't strip away what God has given, the hierarchy that God has put in place. Don't strip it away with impatience or imprudence, bringing strife rather than blessing. And by the way, my wife wrote that, so don't shoot me, okay? 
Going back to what we were talking about earlier about fruits, how does God use those fruits? Because you can be like, man, I, I have been doing that. I have been submitting. I've been loving my husband. I've been pushing forward, and nothing's changed. It's the same way. It says here that when they see your pure, reverent lives, it will be proof that something has changed. And when I say pure, I mean without blemish. And reverent as showing deep respect. And by respect, that includes the way wives talk about their husbands to others. Are you lifting them up or tearing them down? And this is what God sees as valuable. This in no way shows your weakness, but your strength and dependence on God instead. And, and that's, that's what we look for, is how does God value these things? How does God see these things? What does God think about that? Because we can so many times look at how other people value different things and not turn to how God is. So this is how God values. Moving on, Peter uh, points out what women wear. And he says, number two, that to be honorable, you have to become beautiful of heart, not of outward appearance. He says, to be honorable, you need to become beautiful of heart, not of outward appearance. And uh, now, don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry, but rather what is inside your heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. There it is again, God's seeing this as, as worth. So is Peter saying never wear makeup, never do your hair, never take showers, don't do any of that? Kind of, no, he's not saying that. Okay, I personally believe that what Peter is reminding wives is that their focus should be on the way they conduct themselves and not on how they dress or how they do their hair or how they put on makeup or jewelry or any of those things. Because all of those things, if that's what you define yourself as beautiful, you're missing the mark of what truly God values as beautiful. And we do it in America all the time. Um, some statistics about the beauty industry, cosmetics. All right, last year, a $39.5 billion industry in 2019. Four out of five American women follow beauty industry trends. The jewelry revenue in, in the U.S. in 2020 was $18 billion. Um, we have uh, women in the U.S.A. spending around 3000 each on cosmetics annually. And now, you, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy these things, but it, it can and it has shaped our culture in many ways, where people are just trying to look like the, the next beautiful person that they see. I have to be like that. No, God's saying, no, that's not the most valuable thing about you. Your beauty is valuable, but the most valuable thing about you is how you have a, a gentle and quiet spirit. How you have a gentle and quiet spirit. So Peter points out that instead of the outward being the most valuable thing, Wives should see their value in having a gentle and quiet spirit. So many times throughout my marriage, my wife has shown me quiet and a gentle spirit when I was angry. And I'm not talking about the, I'm angry at you, I yelled at you, and now you're going to go quiet because you're mad at me. I'm not talking about that one. Uh, I'm talking about the spirit that is void of pride and void of arrogance, that doesn't allow their temper to lead their actions. These are qualities that are imperishable, and they will endure forever and ever. Peter is painting a picture of how the new, new human is supposed to live their life, and wives having this quality is 
of great value because this is what's going to continue into the future. After the resurrection, these are the things that are going to last forever. So having a gentle, a gentle and quiet spirit is a great worth in God's sight. Um, he even gives an example, Sarah, in the Old Testament. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, you have become my children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Now, I'm not saying wives should walk behind their husbands and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We don't do that. You know, I, I wouldn't say that. But Sarah obeyed Abraham and followed him wherever he went. Okay? She was the example of humility, of gentleness, of a quiet spirit. And this is a hard task, but it's accomplished with the help of God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying your value is any less than your husband's, but you and your husband have equal value, but you have different roles. Equal value and different roles. As for the woman that Peter is addressing, he's asking them to live this way as an example to their husbands and, and so that their husband's unbelief would not lead them astray either. For God is the one who is asking them to do these things. They should not, at the end, he's talking about how they shouldn't fear their husbands. He says, you shouldn't allow your husband to make you do these things. You should do these things because God is asking you to do these things. He's the one who's saying that these things are valuable. So as you obey God, God will use your life to encourage believers to be a testimony to your husband and all those who are watching. And if you have a believing husband, that's great. That's a, a, a huge blessing as well. So just to review, Peter is encouraging his, their uh, wives to honor their husbands by submitting to their husbands, one, and two, becoming beautiful of heart and not of outward appearance. Becoming beautiful of heart and not of outward appearance. <clears throat> so, husbands, you ready? All right, let's take it on. Uh, now that we've talked about the wives, we're going to do in the next two verses, okay, and we're going to talk about husbands. So first, uh, let's see, verses, oh, I, I didn't label it here, six and seven, I believe. All right, it says, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. And I think Paul agrees with another description of this in, in Ephesians. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Don't, don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Ephesians 5, 25 to 33. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did, not, he did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like it, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands... <coughs> are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, and no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for, the reason, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm talking about Christ and the church. But to sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. 
Here we have Paul expounding on how husbands should love their wives as himself. And Peter also talks, going from Paul, going back to Peter, he also talks about how husbands are to honor their wives because we are co-heirs with them. And I was, as I actually was reading this, and my wife pointed this out the other side, but I was like, wait, why do the, the wives get like six verses and the guys get like two? I mean, isn't that unfair? And so Kelly's like, do you know that in Ephesians it's sort of flipped? The wives get like two or three and the guys get six. I'm like, oh, okay. I think it's like compensating for Paul. Peter's like, oh, okay, let's do the other way around. Um, but pointing that out, um, we're going to take the verses that Peter said and we're going to break those down a little bit. Okay, so um, here's the first one that Peter's asking husbands to do. Okay, the first thing. He's to live with your wives in an honorable way. Live with your wives in an understanding way is the thing he says. Live with them in an understanding way. And, and this could be a call to men who have unbelieving wives as well. Okay. But he starts, let's divide that up. Live with your wives in an understanding way. Let's, the first part says, live with your wives. Live with them. Do life with them. Know them, okay? <clears throat> and I think in some ways he's also saying, if your wife is an unbeliever, stay with them. Don't divorce them. Don't get rid of them because they're not a believer. Stay with them. And do the same thing as the wife would do for the, the husband, okay? Stay with them. Love them. And he says to understand them. Who understands their wife completely? Raise your hand. I see no hands. <laughs> yeah, Luke, you're not married yet. <clears throat> after this, with the, after talking about how to live with the wives, um, we need to understand that he is not saying that you need to know everything about your wife and you need to know perfectly and be able to, um, to read her mind, but you need to take the time and be deliberate about understanding who she is, understanding her thoughts, understanding her feelings, understanding as much as you can. You're a guy. She's a girl. All right? Have you guys ever seen Inside Out? The movie Inside Out by Pixar? There's this part where the husband and wife are sitting at the dinner table and Riley, the daughter, is sitting there and uh, the mom's talking to the daughter about how school went and the dad's sitting there staring off into space and the wife's like, honey! And all of a sudden it goes into his head and they're watching a hockey game. All right, and he goes, he turns it off and goes, what did she say? I don't know. And there's all these guys are talking, they're like back and forth, like, what did she say? I don't know, I don't know. Um, well, um, and then the wife goes, <clears throat> it's like, oh, well, Riley, how was school today? And the mom goes, oh, gosh, I already done that. What are you thinking? And sometimes us as husbands, we do that. We like completely check out because we have so many things on our mind and we don't live in the moment and we don't allow ourselves to, to understand our wives because we're so stuck in the next thing happening. Now, I'm not saying next thing happening aren't ever important. But understanding your wife, instead of jumping to conclusions, I, I do this. I mean, Kelly and I have had this talk many times where she'll do something, and in my head, I'm like, why is she doing that? What is she doing that for? I need to stop this. I need to say something. And then I say something, and then she's like, I'm doing it because of this. I'm like, oh, cool. Sorry, I should have caught that. You know, no. And I embarrassed myself because I didn't take time to ask why. I got upset really easily. And husbands are supposed to understand their wives. 
to the best that they can. And ask God to give you the ability to understand your wife. It's a lifelong process. Um, and it's something that, that is not easy. It's, it's the new human, and the new creation is supposed to do that. Okay? It's is common. You've watched TV shows over and over again that the husband doesn't want to understand. The husband tries to get away from the wife because she does her own thing, let her do her own thing, I'm going to walk away. The husband's understanding. On top of that, when we understand our wives, we learn how intricate, beautiful, valuable, and honorable they are. You get to see them in a whole new light. Like, wow, I never saw her that way. I never saw the beauty in this way because I didn't push hard enough. Um, Something a a mentor suggested uh, growing up, he said, take one night a week, you and your wife, and I I want you to um, get away from the kids, and each of you take 10 minutes. And you think about the things that happened during the week, and if you need to make a list as they're going through the week so that you're not constantly talking about these things, and write down some things down, and take that 10 minutes straight, and say, this is what blessed me, this, what, this is what didn't. And let your wife go for 10 minutes straight without saying a word. And wives, let your husbands go 10 minutes straight without saying a word. Husbands might not have 10 minutes straight of talking, but it gives you both time to understand without interrupting one another, without trying to defend one another. And when you get done, then you can either have a discussion or, or you can say, I'm sorry, and then you can go to bed. I mean, whatever you want to do. Now, they did, he did get the suggestion, don't do this past 10 p.m., okay? Because emotions get a little, you know, after a certain amount of time. Or you're tired. You just can't think straight. But it, it is, has helped Kelly and I immensely throughout our, our lives that we would take time and just let the other person talk. Do we always do it? No. Should we do it more? Yes. But just something for you guys to, to chew on, on how to, for husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way. <clears throat> he also says to live with them as a weaker partner. They are the weaker partner or vessel. And when I say weaker vessel, I'm, I'm talking about either strength. Sometimes women um, can be uh, more vulnerable emotionally as well. And um, I mean, we, we protect, want to protect our wives uh, through vulnerable times, even like childbearing, you know? You don't know what could happen to, I mean, I remember the first time when we were having Libby, there were so many times I'm like, honey, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, I got this, okay, don't, just sit right there, all right, and she's like climbing ladders that are like 30 feet high, and she didn't tell me, I'm like, what are you doing, you could, don't do that, you know, type of thing, husbands, we care about our, our wives, and we, and the thing is, we care about them, because even though they might be a weaker vessel, that makes them more valuable, that makes them more valuable, and I, I think we sort of do that with, with uh, other things besides our wives as, as well. Um, we, um, we can take great care for different things. Like, imagine if you're working on a car and you get it nice and beautiful and shiny and everything, and you're like, you spent you know, weeks restoring this type of thing, and then you, everywhere you drive it, you park with two spaces, you know, so nothing scratches the doors, things of that nature. And a, a car can get beat up pretty easily just... You know, all of a sudden, you got a scratch on there. You're like, what in the world? Um, but in the same way we do that with things, we need to do that even more with our wives because they are of great value. Because, not because, oh, you're the weaker vessel, forget about you. No, because they are so valuable to us. They are our, our helpers. We love and care for them. 
So we live with them as a weaker partner in that way, with value. The next thing is to live with them by showing them honor. Number three, live with them by showing them honor. Our wives are due honor. Honor in her unique position of authority in the family. Your children should see that you honor your wife. Remind them of the respect that your wife is due. One of the best ways that you can honor your wife is by praising her. Praising the way that she teaches your children, the way she cooks for the family, the way she submits to your authority, the way she cares for the home, the way she cares for you. Another way of honoring your wife is having eyes only for her. Keeping yourself from looking at other women or becoming too close to other women. If you do find yourself struggling to honor your wife in this way, reach out to someone who can help you. Okay? God wants us to have victory in this and for husbands and wives to be an example of Christ in the church. And we need to let our marriages lead people to Christ and not from Christ. To Christ, not from Christ. Paul reminds us of this in Hebrews uh, 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, because God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterers. Our job in marriage is to keep marriage honorable, because so many Christians have not kept the marriage bed undefiled, and by doing so, have brought shame to their marriage and Jesus Christ. So let's strive to keep marriage honorable by honoring our wives in this way as well. So what happens when we do all these things? We treat our wives in these ways, in an understanding way, as a weaker partner, showing them honor. Our prayers are not hindered. God takes seriously the relationship that we have with our wives. The way we treat our wives is so important that God would stop listening to our prayers because we are sinning against him. If you wonder why prayers are not being answered, examine the way that you treat your wife to see if it lines up with God's word. It's very important. So, as a review, Peter is calling us to three things in relation to our wives. Live with We need to live with our wives in an understanding way, live with our wives as a weaker partner, and live with them by showing them honor. All right, that was the hard part. I'm done, okay. Now we're moving on. All right, let's go on. Verse 8. Now we're going to be talking about believers one to another, and also believers to enemies. Verse 8. Finally, all of you, which down here in the south, you say y'all instead of all of you, y'all. Okay. Finally, y'all, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Peter is talking to believers in the church now. Okay? He's, he's moving over. And he's saying that, one, y'all, I'm going to use the word y'all now because we're in the south. Y'all honor each other by being like-minded. Okay, so all y'all just think like me and we'll be fine, right? Is that what he's saying? No, he's not. He's saying be like-minded. Whose mind is he, is he thinking of? Of God. Be like-minded. Jesus Christ was like-minded with God. Be like-minded. And what does that mean? To have a heavenly mindset? Not be thinking about the things of this world? Not be focused on us, but be like-minded. Be focused on glorifying God? Not lifting yourself up. It means that we should 
understand the word too. If God's word is truth, then our mind should be in the word of God so that we can be like-minded as Christ was with God, which is hard sometimes for us because we don't want to be in the word. It's hard to understand. But he's asking us to be like-minded in the word of God. He also says to be sympathetic. And we should care how people are feeling and go even as far to feel what they are feeling. Feel what they're feeling. And guys, that's hard. It's hard for us guys to be able to do that. We need to carry one another's burdens as Christ carries ours on the cross. We also need to open up to others. And I mean, even for myself, there have been times in my life where I just didn't feel I could open up about different things. But God desires us to be transparent for us to be able to care for one another. I mean, how can you care for someone when you don't know what's going on in their lives? So he's saying, be like-minded, <coughs> also be sympathetic. He also says to love one another. And when he says love, he's not using the word agape, he's actually using the word phileo. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the brotherly love that keeps us caring for one another, forgiving one another, it's, it's us continually working towards being in relationship together. Because you can say, oh, you can be getting a big fight with your brother, your physical brother, be like, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to put you out of my life, but they're still your brother. You can't get away from them. It was, you were born that way, okay? And since we are the new creation, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we are supposed to have that love in that way towards one another and know that and the care for one another. He also says to be compassionate. We should be moved to action. We should desire to help and care for each other's needs. And when we see a brother or sister in need, we work to provide for them, not only physically, but spiritually. And this is usually inconvenient. It really is. But when we are done, we see the blessing of us helping them and loving them. And the last thing is, he says to be humble. Humble. To give up our rights or our way so that we may honor and care for one another. Humility takes us admitting <clears throat> that we could be wrong and allowing God to lead us instead of our own perspective, our own knowledge. Humility allows us to learn and it, it keeps us serving others as well. It keeps us dependent on God and not ourselves. So in review, he, he says that, that we y'all honor each other by being like-minded, be sympathetic by loving one another, compassionate toward one another, and humble. And, and so those are the things we need to keep in mind when we are working with each other, okay? Um, the next thing he, he talks about is um, how y'all honor your enemies. And this could go both ways. I mean, we have people sometimes where we get, might get mad at each other and say things. But the way that we honor our enemies is not repaying evil for evil or insult for insult. And, and this is hard for me sometimes because, you know, someone might say something to me and they'll jab me. And I'm just like, ooh, ah, that hurt. I just want right back in the face. But, you know, he's saying, don't do that. When someone insults you, don't let it, don't let it be your chance to, I can get them back. Okay? And, and this is even in lieu of someone trying to destroy you. 
There might, and hopefully you haven't experienced this, but there are people out there who will try to destroy your life because you did something to them one time. And they'll come back to you. And they'll gossip about you. And, the, and they'll do stuff to hurt you, not even just word-wise, but maybe even financially. They'll try to get at you. There's people in the world that do that. And he's saying, they do evil. Don't repay evil. They might insult you. Don't repay insult. Because the same God that judges them will judge you. And if he's going to judge them harshly, why wouldn't he judge you harshly? Because of their evil, you would have evil too. Because you're giving back evil for evil or insult for insult. So he say, don't do that. But he said, instead, give a blessing. Oh, do I really have to bless this guy? Yes. Yes, you do. If you're just like going on with all this list and it's like, now one more thing. Don't hate them. Bless them. Oh gosh, just one more thing I got to do. Yes. And, and this actually goes back to Abraham. In Genesis twenty two eighteen. all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my commands. It's a continuing on of what Abraham was going to be a blessing to all nations. And now that, since we're sons and daughters of God, we can be that blessing as well. Proverbs 25, 21 through 22 talks about this as well. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Your reward is not seeing your enemy hurt. It is the Lord that will reward you for being a blessing, even though no blessing is deserved. God will reward us for doing what's right. After this, so um, we honor our enemies by not repaying evil for evil, or insult for insult, and giving a blessing instead of doing that. Giving a blessing. So after this whole section, Peter finishes with three verses from Psalm 34. He got through all the instructions, like, hey, let's sing a song together. Go straight into a song. And he says, for the one who wants to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the faith of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. Now let this be an encouragement to keep our tongues from evil, to turn from evil and do what is good, so that the face of the Lord will be for us and not against us. Then we'll be able to love life. Love life and see good days. And if it's hard for you to love life when the days that you live are full of sorrow, turn your eyes to the Lord and turn from evil. Not that life will be perfect, but we can love our lives and see good things when our eyes are focused on the one who sustains us and not on the things that drain us. And it's all to be honorable to one, toward one another so that others may come and know Jesus Christ and the love that he has for them. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the instruction that you gave us through Peter on how we are supposed to live our lives. Help us to not just listen, but be active in doing these things so that we can be your body, be the new creation, live life, love life, and to have the blessing that comes from those things.
Lord, we all struggle with this. It's not just a, we want to do this and it happens. Help us to reach out and ask for help. There's someone around us to not um, keep things to ourselves. To have people be able to speak into our lives and see things where we're not doing things right. Be able to encourage us in the right way. But Lord, help us to look to you and ask you for strength. May you be glorified in our lives. May we seek you first in all things so that we can love life and see good days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check out our website at baconscastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing locally here in Surrey. Be blessed. Thank you.